Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 568 of The Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show this week, we'll be chatting with Mrs. Barbara Nice, actually Janice Connolly, aka Mrs. Barbara Nice, about a forthcoming event she has on Saturday of this week. We'll chat with Troy Dennison about how Sustain is doing a fantastic movie, which is currently doing the rounds of the film festival circuit. James Collins joins us for a bit of a chat, talking about one of his online characters and all that's going on in his world. We'll have a natter with Chris Congreve about the world of magic and producing magic tricks to sell as well as his own close-up magician work. Dan Clark from Noe Music joins us for a bit of a chat about some of the things that he's able to bring to the world of school and education when it comes to music performances once everything's back out of lockdown. Matthew Richards joins us from the George Formby Society to have a chat about an online video they've produced with one of the singer's classic songs. We'll have a natter with Michael Armstrong. He's got two albums out there and he's working on his third, so we'd love to hear music from him. Fiona Willing joins us for a chat and a song as we talk what it's like being an A-level student who isn't taking their A-levels in real life. Donches joins us for a bit of a natter too. We'll be hearing what's going on with his latest music video release and we'll be hearing from LGBT Sparkle about their Zoom meetings they have each week. Also, Mike Allen from The Hollies joins us with the latest version of the song He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother that he's releasing to raise funds for NHS charities together. And we'll be finding out about the series Blood. That's all on the way on The Milk Bar this week. When He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother was first released back in the 60s, it was a massive chart hit. Somebody who remembers that time and the sentiment behind the track is Alan Clark, who joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm very well. I trust we find you well? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, a massive tune for the Hollies, and uh, it's just been uh, an absolute go-to when people want to sing a a meaningful song that's uh, been covered by... Probably hundreds of people over the years, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, it's it's a great song with a great lyric, you know. What did you think when you were first recording it? Because you were the tender age of 27 at the time. And uh, I I know as you've come back to this now for this re-recording, you feel a lot more like you you have a greater understanding of the song. Well, I I have a great respect for the the song itself. You know, the, the meaning of the lyrics... It's quite, you know, it's quite apt to to what what's this terrible thing that's happening to us all now, and and you know, with the coronavirus and that, is that you know, you see all around you that people people are really helping each other, you know, and and that's the essence of the song, you know, put yourself out with somebody who needs you to be there. When you were first recording it, the team in the studio was quite phenomenal, wasn't it? Because not only did you got yourselves who are all absolutely superstars, but a, a, a young lad was playing piano for you. Oh yeah, little Reggie Dwight, uh, <laughs> as you know, later became onto a, a huge superstar, Elton John, of course. Yeah, uh, and that that brings more gravity to the original track. But uh, yeah. with this re-recording that you've done, you've actually got another fantastic piano player, haven't you? Well, I, I, I do believe myself that he's quite a genius uh, and uh, on the piano. But you know, he he was the producer of my last album that I had out, and. Um, with this, you know, this new technology, I, I was sat and I was watching all these all these great artists on TV doing their specific things, you know, for for the nurses and all the other people involved yeah. uh, with this virus, and and I I wondered, you know, what could I do, 
and and quite lucky for me with actually doing my last album with garage band i was i was able to to ring francis haynes uh again who is my producer and he, he was also in the hollies in the 80s and that's where i i recognized his ability uh being a, a fabulous pianist and i did a lot of demos with him i asked him if he would uh, send up a a, a a piano track at the end heavy because i would like to actually sing it again uh, and and see if I could do something with it to 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 help you know the NHS and everything, and and luckily enough I was be able to I was able to get through the song singing it in what a lot of people now are calling my new voice, mm-hmm. and uh, I was quite emotional about having well being able to do that after all these years because I haven't sung that song for at least twenty years. The last time that I sang it was in a place called Henley, and uh, that was my last show with the Hollies. So yes, this this is a new thing for me, mm-hmm. but I don't want people to class this as a single from me. It is the essence of the song uh, that I wanted to to get across, and everybody knows he ain't heavy. So I was able to sort of my wife filmed it for me in my little studio, mm-hmm. and Francis did his thing down in Enfield where he lives, and we put this together uh, to to help all the people who are doing some very dangerous work and are very brave. They're all heroes to me. So I, I did this for them. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it, is, it is with the sentiment of the song and uh, the wonderful lyrics uh, that uh, you know th- that this is going to have a, a new message for uh, our generation now. This is going to be funding a donation to NHS charities together. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it is just doing fantastic work, and BMG and the the team are all on board with this, and all revenue will be going straight to the charity. Everybody that's helped me with this, down to Belisa Davis promotion, you know, PR, and and everybody has, has really got on board with this, which 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 is great, you know, because it's something that I've always wanted to do, uh, and 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 here it is now, uh, and you know, with the technology of, of, of today, you know, what what we can use and the things that we can do, you know, people are actually seeing people now on television, uh, in their own homes. Uh, doing thing because everybody is isolated. We're all we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, one more time, we are in. You know, we're in this together. That means we're we're all we're all brothers and sisters together, uh, fighting against this uh, this fight. I just hope that a vaccine will be available soon. Yeah. Uh, but I think that maybe this has changed people's attitude towards their lives mm-hmm. and on what's going to happen in the future. But you know, if we all if we all do the right thing, it, it could it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm just looking back at the fact that you have an, an album out there at the moment, and, and I know a few years ago it's something you probably never thought you would ever do. But uh, you yeah. are now back yeah, officially recording, and 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 that must give you uh, a, a wonderful lift as well, as I'm sure listening to this new music from you will to your many fans too. Well, you know, living living uh, for twenty years. Uh, uh, being a father and a, and a grandfather uh, and, a, and a husband and, and living a life without the stresses of, of you know, uh, having to go on the road and, and miss all the opportunities that I have that I, I would have had, you know. Um, uh, it, it's made me into a more, I think I've got a little bit wiser in those in mm-hmm. those, in those 20 years. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't meant to be, I, I, it was never meant for me to come back and record. It's just something that happened one particular day and 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 it made me think that maybe I could write some songs and record them, and and without me actually trying, I had like people in the business that heard the stuff that I was doing and they were taken with it, 
and and thanks to a guy called Hartwig and myself, the CEO of BMG, he he thought it was good enough to put out as an album, and uh, and it sort of every it just took it just took over. So, you know, with the, with the technology uh, of of garage band, uh, you, you you know, I was able to sort of sit down at a computer without anybody else sort of having to butt in saying you should do this and you should do that. And I, I just let it take control of me, and uh, and with doing that, uh, that's you know being in 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 uh, isolation. My wife is a sculptor, so you know she's got her own thing. But now I can I can I've got my own little studio, mm-hmm. which you know I can do everything that I want to do, and and I don't really you know I don't really think that it's really going to go anywhere. You know, Ed Sheeran doesn't have to worry about me at all about writing songs and things like that. It's just something that I enjoy a hell of a lot uh, more than I did in the past, actually. But but there you go. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, I have a new lease of life if mm-hmm. it's only just writing songs. Well, alan-clark.co.uk, of course, two L's in Alan to find out all about that music. I'm just so glad that producing the album has given you the confidence to re-record He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. We're looking with Francis Haynes to uh, bring this to raise funds for NHS charities together. Well, I mean, congratulations on that. Um, We will look forward to more new stuff from you by the sounds of things. Uh, But for now, Alan Clark, thank you for joining us. Jason, thanks very much for giving me your time. Thank you. The road is long with many winding turns that leads us to who knows where, who knows where. But I'm strong, strong to carry He ain't heavy He's my brother So on we go He's Isn't filled with 
is a long, long road from which there is no return while we're on the way to there. Why not share? Series 2 and Series 1 and 2 is a box set of Blood is available now on DVD and digital. Starring Adrian Dunbar, returning to the absolutely fantastic series. To tell us more, I'm joined now by award-winning writer Sophie Petzold. Good afternoon. Hello, how are you? I'm very well and I trust we find you well? Yeah, all good, all good. So, I mean, a psychological thriller, uh, an absolute treat to boot, set in Ireland. And it's been a bit of a journey for your characters here. Yeah, yeah. We keep talking about how season three should just they should just all go to a fun fair and have a really nice time and just calm down a bit, decompress. Yeah, it's a, it's a fairly intense show, but um, we you know I I always try and I, I feel like real life and real tragedies are often infused with like kind of horrible farcical humour as well. So I always hope that they're at the very least still quite funny in places, even if it's very very black comedy. But um, yeah, no, they are all put very much through the ringer. And I apologise to them all. <laughs> <laughs> so give give us your potted version of season one, with hopefully not too many spoilers for those who haven't seen it yet. Uh, I mean, season one is a, a young woman whose mother dies and she returns to the family home after a long time away to, you know, go about the business of preparing for a funeral and grieving the mother and starts to suspect that her father may have had something to do with her mother's death. And then over the course of the week is trying to work out whether he did do something or whether she's just, you know, losing her her mind really or living, you know, living trapped in past memories of her father that are very different to those of her siblings. Um, So that's season one. And obviously Um, life changing for for Jim Hogan, your your lead character. And this leads us into season two. And it's not plain sailing, as you say here as well. No, no. In season two, obviously, uh, without wanting to spoil season one for your listeners either, um, uh, season two basically picks up a year after season one ends and with Jim being the character sort of returning to the fold and himself sort of returning to the family and finding it that it's in flux in 
in, in different ways. And there's a whole new mystery at the heart of it, which involves the older sister Fiona. And um, Jim finds himself sort of unwittingly caught in the middle of it. Uh, so that's an incredibly vague summary for you there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, to avoid, just to avoid any possible spoilers for anyone who wants to catch up. It's given us a hint uh, of what's happening. <laughs> and uh, the, say the, there, is, there is trauma there, but you say there is comedy too. And uh, the, the strap line pretty much an enthralling whodunit who will keep us, keep us guessing, blood, is it really thicker than water? And uh, <laughs> uh, a, a nice little play on words from the press team there. But... <laughs> Equally, I mean, when you're writing something like this, you, you you don't seem the sort of person who would have these sort of thoughts going around their head. No, my 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 dad is really troubled by that as well. <laughs> He's always telling my mum like, "This is just so sad. This is all just so sad. Like, is Sophie this sad?" Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it is a weird one. I, I I seem to be constantly kind of puzzling people with how different my own personal tastes are to the kind of stuff that I write. Um, <laughs> I think this particular show was very, very personal to me. It began in a very sort of personal place. I wanted to examine, um, you know, I've got an extended, I've got an extended Irish family on my mum's side. My mum was from Dublin. We spent a lot of time over there with them, and they spent, you know, a lot of them lived with us for a long time. And so I was very, sort of, uh, very exposed to how these, you know, this big group of siblings um, had such different recollections of their childhood and their parents even though they all grew up under the same roof. And I found that fascinating. And while I think that's sort of wonderfully reflective of everyone's experiences of their childhoods and their parents, there's also something very uniquely Irish about um, repressing a lot of that and this stuff sort of exploding out of you in, in intense family environments. And, mm-hmm. you know, my my experience has always been that you'd hear about things that had happened in the family. You'd only hear about it from one person. You wouldn't hear about it from another explode out at a dinner or something <laughs> and there's something horror and there's all like the stuff that's horrible about that there's also stuff that's when you think about it hilarious which is why for me like blood always has to kind of toe the line and mm-hmm. we always we always myself and jonathan the producer and the exec who um uh, developed this very closely with me um we always say that a good blood idea you shouldn't quite be able to tell if it's totally stupid or brilliant um <laughs> Like it's got like you know the whole thing with I mean without giving anything away the whole thing with the stone frog in series one was constantly the debate was is the stone frog thing really silly or is it brilliant <laughs> and we were like I think that's that's it <laughs> I think that's why it has to stay is because we don't quite know and, and uh, <laughs> yeah and and there's a, it's great to have that sort of uh, dynamic going on though as well I mean were you involved in the uh, the, the casting too and did you get to go to set sure. Or? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I was, I was, um, so series one, um, you know, we joked back when we were pitching it, um, oh, and Jim Hogan will be played by Adrian Dunbar because, you know, he just seemed so perfect for it. And we were in love with him from Line of Duty because myself and Jonathan are Line of Duty fanatics. <laughs> um, but, um, that was never, you know, it never felt like a realistic ambition. And <laughs> then the thing kind of rolls along and we're casting and we were lucky enough to have, you know, directors and casting producers who who were or casting uh, directors who um said you know just go for it you can only say no and then were completely blindsided when adrian read the scripts liked them and wanted to be in it um and so that was utterly brilliant and yes i was then involved at every stage um i was very sort of close to the project and I, uh, season one i was on set every day 
um, not particularly helpful. You know, there's not much for you to do as a writer except sort of nod at everyone and go, wow, isn't this brilliant? And eat all the sandwiches. But um, it was uh, really helpful to be, you know, I, I love I love filmmaking and I love making television. And I think part of me really wants to be like a camera person or something. Yeah, I love, I like the, <laughs> I like the I like the actual work of it in a way that writing doesn't feel like real work. Sometimes it feels like going nowhere. Um, so you're watching this train moving and you're problem solving in real time. And those moments where people do come to you and say, well, the scene just isn't quite here or we've got questions about this moment. And you're having to, you know, you're rewriting in a trailer like in 20 minutes over lunch. <laughs> Um, which doesn't happen often and I wouldn't advocate for that but in the, moments where, in the moments where things like that become necessary and you can feel the thing enriching and becoming better in real time just by everyone's input and collaboration that's mm. it's so electrifying I loved all that series two um you trust I just trusted that you trust the team so much and everybody knows what they're doing I just mm. went to watch the women's world cup instead uh, <laughs> but it was fine without me but I mean, you'd already educated them on the characters and what they were going to do, how they'd behave. So that by that point, they did—they knew who they were dealing with on set as well as you did when you wrote them in your head. Oh, for sure, I, I, and uh, for sure, yeah, everybody knew their characters so well. And uh, but also, you know, these characters are you know fifty percent informed by the actors playing them. You know, they're only half made when they're on the screen in, on the page, mm-hmm. and you know, the actors get to take such control and ownership of them. And, and you know we it was largely the same team who are so incredibly talented and yeah it's been so exciting the last few weeks to watch you know uh the likes of normal people and blood going out at the same time and knowing that like a lot of the crew made that <laughs> made they both um and then you know particularly normal people getting such an extraordinary response you know, there's an enormous amount of talent in ireland for such a small country with so few people relatively mm-hmm. um punching well above their weight in film and tv production and awards and what have you so that's been really gratifying oh, well, the, the twists the turns the expensive looking shots on screen as well i mean is that mm. something that you purposely went out and thinking oh, i know on a blow budget on this particular episode <laughs> it, I mean, we were very very keen from series one my whole thing was i don't you know i, I I don't believe that things look bad because they don't have the right money. I think you need to find people who know how to work with not very much. And so we we found, you know, you find directors who've got great pedigree in television, but have also got their own pedigree in making low budget short films that look amazing. And it sounds fairly obvious, but like it was, you know, it was challenging, but really rewarding to find these brilliant people who knew how to you had real imagination and real vision and saw you know whatever kind of you know, limits you you had in, in any resources as you do in television as a creative challenge and um blood you know blood is a it's a show that could very easily look dull and look horrible and um so we had a lot of big conversations early on about how to, you know what kind of the color palettes and the tone and the framing and how to make it look as taut and interesting and um, you know, unnerving as possible, and and, and get the yeah, wardrobe so writers that sort of thing as well must be interesting. As again, it's it's down to the characters and how they behave, even as far as what they would wear. Yeah. Oh, it, I mean, I, I, that that's the stuff I find so much fun. It's got nothing to do with me, and like you don't you don't even need to make decisions on anything, but just watching watching because those are the things you forget when you're writing that somebody's going to design the look for that character, what their wardrobe is, what does their car look like, what would the utensils in their kitchen look like, um, and every one of those decisions is somebody's job, is somebody's whole job, and the care and dedication and time they take over. You know, one of my favorite things is to, is to hover around the props department and watch them make 
make things that you've just said exist mm-hmm. and you've not really thought about like okay well he's handling for instance he's handling the title deeds to his home uh somebody then has to go and create title deeds <laughs> and um or get your sign off on someone's death certificate you know is and and it's it's extraordinary the amount of you know care and attention to detail and I, that that really activates the the tv and film nerd and he just wants to see how the how the sausage is made um, so yeah it's, it's incredible so we've got season one and season two available to to binge on now. Season three, I mean, you, you've already joked about the trip down to the carousel. That's not going to happen, is it? But uh, unless there's some um, sort of tragic circumstances around it, knowing you, uh, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, I'd love, I'd always love to revisit this world and revisit those characters. I know, like, I, I love working with this team and this cast so much. Um, it, you know the whole the current situation makes everything a little bit more uncertain but um it all depends really on who wants what and when and um you know and if 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 somebody wants it then i'd be delighted to make it um what's next for me personally is i'm doing an itv four-parter um called hollington drive which is another um that's another sort of domestic type thriller um quite a bit more heightened than blood i think but that's really exciting i'm really really having fun writing that um, which, I mean, who knows when anything will be on anymore, but that will shoot at some point mm-hmm. <laughs> soon. There is a story Ish. there, which is what counts. With- as, soon as, we're, as, yeah, as soon as it's safe to um, put crews together in some mm-hmm. way or form, we'll shoot that. So that's what's next for me. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure that, again, is going to have your personal stamp on the... Uh, uh, on, on the way in which your parents are scared of what you're thinking, I think, probably. But uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. More, uh, yeah, Holly, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'll have the same issues here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll, fr- you'll freak out that, uh, yeah, that that part of the family, um, and but maybe not offend the Irish side of the family quite so much with the next one. No, uh... I think they're into it. I think they're into it. <laughs> we'll uh, see. It'll be okay. Christmas in your family must be an absolute blooming nightmare now, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was over us. <laughs> Blood season one and two uh, available now as a box set together, or just season two if you've already seen season one available for you to watch on digital and as well on the actual physical disc too if you fancy investing in those. Uh, it's certificate fifteen for both, and understandably so, uh, particularly because of the way the mind of Sophie Petzl works. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. Barbara Nice is going to be on screen on a device near you. To tell us more, I'm joined now by a very good friend, Janice Connolly. Hello. Hello. Very nice to see you. How are you doing? I'm very well. I trust we find you well. Oh, yeah. It's good, isn't it? I mean, it's quite very busy at home. I think I'm sure everybody else is. It's unbelievable how much stuff there is to do. And you kind of think, uh, can we go back to how it was? I'm not sure at the moment. How are you about going back to how it was? See, well, I'm, I'm doing some stuff working from home. Uh, obviously, I'm doing uh, all my other recordings and things from, from home as well, so it is a bit confusing. Uh, but it's making sure we stay safe. That's, that's the main thing. Uh, but equally, staying entertained. And uh, I know this is where you come in because you've got a brilliant event coming up with a load of friends. It's Saturday, 16. I just thought it would be really good. I've got this comedy character, Mrs. Barbara Nice, and um, it took me a while to think about what to do because I think we're all on such a steep learning curve about how to bring entertainment to people's houses. And for live entertainers like myself and loads of other people, I unfortunately think that we won't be back entertaining in places where there's loads of people till after January. 
so that's quite a big thing, really. I know that maybe other other businesses and other workplaces are going to go back fairly soon and try and find out a way of staying safe. But I think for performers, it's going to be a long time. And for people that enjoy entertainment in that way, it's going to be a long time. So I wanted to put on an event to try and use Zoom, which everybody's used. I mean, a month ago, I didn't know what Zoom was. I thought it was a nice one. <laughs> that we're using now to see if I can kind of create the experience and the atmosphere of a live comedy event that I try and make happen as Barbara and I's with people at home in their living room, just try and sort of see if there's a sense of connection. Because I'm very interested in that anyway as, a, as an artist. So I'm interested to see if we can connect up by being at home. So it's quite exciting, actually. It's a steep learning curve. It's quite exciting. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it works. But comedy really does need people to appreciate it. And doing a stand-up set to no audience isn't going to work at all. Even though they may be chuckling along at home, the performer needs that sort of feedback. And I suppose that's what you'll be able to get with you and your guests on Zoom. Well, sort of. I think you've got to you've got to um, have a leap of faith and imagine that people are, are laughing and enjoying it. You have to kind of keep your nerve, actually. Mm -hmm. It's a bit like doing a gig and nobody's laughing and then you think they didn't like it and everybody coming up afterwards and saying, oh, we loved it, we just got our mouths full of oranges or something. <laughs> so you've got to imagine that they really like it and they'll go, oh, no, hi. It's a challenge, but I think challenges are good things. It's a, a new way of working for definite. And uh, mm. you, I mean, you're used to making people laugh, though. I think last time I saw you in real life, you were sliding down a tray at the, uh, the steps at the Arena Theatre. And oh. uh, it was a little while back, but I mean, you, you, you still do crazy stuff. And I mean, BGT last year must have been fun as well. Oh, yeah, it was great fun. And I would have liked to have slid, slid down those, uh, the stairs on a tea tray then. I actually said to them, as you get through to the next round, and they, they say, you can do anything you want, which is one of the reasons I went on this idea, there's you know, a limitless um, budget. So mm. I said, can I pretend that I'm an ice cream lady? I'm helping out the ice cream ladies. And when Anton Deck introduced Barbara on, can I say, oh, I'm up here helping out the girls on ice cream at the short staffed. I'll, I'll try and get down quickly and say, I'm going to come, I'm going to upsell down on some wool. <laughs> Can you hold on to the wall and come down from the balcony, you know, from the top thing of the uh, theatre? No, I couldn't do that. So it's a shame, because <laughs> I had all these fantastic guys, because they said to me, you can do anything you want, and like no many things, it's not actually true. But I did want to do that. I'm very interested in stunts, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, not only that, but you're also awesome at arranging a, a raffle. And uh, I know that when people buy their virtual tickets for the whole event taking place on Saturday, they get a raffle ticket too. Yeah, we're going to try, this might be a Guinness Book of Records thing, we're going to try the first, I mean, it's not a raffle as such, no. I'm a bit worried about gaming laws on that, because it's Absolutely. not, it's not, nobody's, everybody gets a ticket as part of their um, ticket, really, so it's a show with guests and it's comedy, but as part of it, you get a complimentary raffle ticket, so kind of represent the kind of stuff that I do in my show, and we're going to see if we can raffle on online with all those people and get the same kind of because one of the reasons i do it because i think it really brings people together and it's sort of the opposite of winning it's like enjoying everybody else winning uh, and they're not i mean they're not life-changing prizes i'm sure you know it's more the experience absolutely i've been in there been in the draw the fact your numbers could come out well 
uh, I mean, your numbers will come up for the fact that it's going to be an absolutely brilliant night of entertainment. How do people find you and how do they get their tickets? Well, the tickets are, it is limited, but it's quite a big limit. Well, you know, it's, I think it's 500 tickets and we've sold half of them. So when they've gone, they've gone because we want to, we need to track down the raffle tickets. So it's all very, it's very administrative. <laughs> it's a bit of a, a bit, bit of a nightmare, but, um, so there are still tickets, but they are going. And if you go on Barbara's Twitter page, which is, um, I think, Mrs. Barbara Nice, or my Facebook page, you can get tickets. They're from Joke Pit. So if you Google Joke Pit, if you fancy doing it, it is 10 quid. And you might think, 10 thinking quid, but actually, I'm, I'm happy with that. Because a proportion is going to charity, it's going to women's aid. And of course, in this time of lockdown and lots of people are not are having a good time mm -hmm. and other people are not having a good time. Depends what home means, whether it's a safe place or a dangerous place. And for some people, it's not a great place. So if we do it again, we'll choose other charities, but this charity is women's aid. Mm -hmm. And then also I want to pay the performers for working. I think a lot of people think that performers should just be doing it for nothing. Well, we are clever, but we can't live on fresh air. And like I said, I think there's going to be no paid work for people till after Christmas. Mm -hmm. And that's not a great thing. So it's to pay the performers and it's to give to charity and it's to have a really good night. So it's £10 and that's per device. You can have your family. It's family friendly. There won't be any swearing. Everybody's welcome. I hope everybody feels included. And my top aim is that afterwards people turn it off and go, well, I really enjoyed that. Well, that's that's the idea. I am completely confident there will be nobody who doesn't really enjoy it. It'll be absolutely fantastic. Uh, you Thanks. and your characters always putting smiles on people's faces. Uh, for now, Janice Connolly, a.k.a. Mrs. Barbara Nice, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Stay safe. Stay alert, actually, now. I've been told to stay alert. <laughs>
was um, to come up with an idea where we could all sort of sound like we're, you know, all together. So what happened in the end, they all sent me video clips of themselves playing. I sent a backing track out. Mm-hmm. And um, I synchronised and edited everybody together. And uh, we did like a virtual performance of uh, the classic When I'm Cleaning Windows. Um, and, and the video has really taken off. It's gone um, like viral, as they say, really, you know, with like YouTube and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really taken off. But you've got a real passion for this music as well. And uh, the whole of the society enjoy sharing some fantastic songs, the clever lyrics. And uh, it all just comes together to a, a massive amount of fun, doesn't it? Oh, very much so. Very much. And um, I mean, you know, like with the lyrics and everything, and um, I mean, this is the part we miss, you see, you know, and of course, like with uh, COVID-19 and everything, it's all prevented the meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a bit of, um, you know, it, it sort of takes your mind off it just for uh, for a bit, because we meet up sort of every night uh, for about half an hour on uh, on Zoom. Yeah. So it sort of takes our mind off the, uh, the, the lockdown a little bit, you know, it makes it a bit more... Uh, you know, takes the mind off it. And you're all able to get together around the country and around the world into to one place and have a chat. So it is a, a nice yeah. way of doing it. I'm sure it is something you can continue doing even when you're able to go back to your quarterly meetups. Yes. I mean, even when the lockdown's finished, I think it's, um, you know, it's encouraged people as well to, um, you know, take part. And like I say, it's literally all over the world. The Cyprus, Canada... You know, literally all over the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. All with the same strange amount of delay stopping you doing all that you'd like to do. But the conversation's <laughs> there and uh, you get to, to talk about some of your favourite moments. And uh, when it comes to, to what you do with the George Formby Society, I mean, uh, do you do you actually like, watch movies and stuff as well as uh, chatting about and performing the music? It's, it's actually, I mean, it's like a, a massive convention. So, I mean, uh, people turn up at uh, the Imperial Hotel in Blackpool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they turn up with the ukuleles, and uh, we have a bit of a concert um, throughout the day. But uh, also, they show George Forby's uh, movies because there was uh, 21 movies that George Forby recorded. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's merchandise as well. You know, people can um, go and purchase CDs, yeah. um, memorabilia, things like that. But it's it's wonderful and, and meeting people, I think, as well. And it's just a happy atmosphere at the end of the day, and that's uh, that's what it's all about. And a pilgrimage to George's home on the seafront just down the way? You're right. Yeah, it's it's not too far away, is it? So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, there's, been, there's been visits there as well, yeah. So uh, just down to Lytham to, uh, to see where he spent uh, a lot of his time. And you've actually got a uke with you there now, haven't you? So are you tempted to... I to... have just some cue, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you're going to give us a, a bit of George Formby magic for us. What can you do? I'll, I'll do, I'll do um, a bit of uh, the classic uh, when I'm cleaning windows. Take uh, it away. I don't. Now I go in the cleaning to earn an honest bum. For a nosy parker, it's an interesting job. It's a job that just suits me. A window cleaner, you would be. You can see what I can see when I'm cleaning windows. Profession, I'd work hard, but I'll never stop. Climb this blinking ladder till I get right to the top. Blushing bright, she looks divine. Bridegroom, he is doing fine. I'd rather have this job than mine. When I'm cleaning the windows.
Excellent stuff, Matthew. Thank you for that one. Where can people go to find out more about the George Formby Society and everything that's going on at the moment? Yes, um, you can go onto the uh, the George Formby website, georgeformby.co.uk, or if you go on YouTube to see uh, the video that everyone's talking about, just type in George Formby Lockdown on YouTube and that will come up with the video. And you'll find it there. Brilliant. And of course, your piano tuning services will be back in the not too distant future. How do we find details of that? Is Exactly, yeah. I mean, as soon as the uh, the lockdown's over, you can search for Piano Tune of Wolverhampton and uh, my webpage will come up there, Matthew James Richards. Oh, brilliant. Matthew, thanks for having a chat with us. Thank you for uh, the performance and we look forward to more work from you online soon. That's brilliant, Jason. Lovely to see you as well. Now, Fiona Winning is someone you will have seen on stage and online performing absolutely wonderfully. Uh, she is an 18-year-old who ordinarily would have been stressing about her A-levels just at the moment. That isn't quite the case due to the circumstances we find ourselves in, but she joins us now for a bit of a chat. Hello. Yeah, so uh, I would have taken actually my first A-level tomorrow, would have been tomorrow morning, but obviously due to coronavirus and the current situation, I won't be sitting that A-level tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's been a strange time, I think, for everybody who's taking A-levels this year. It is very weird when Boris Johnson said, you're no longer sitting those exams. I don't think anybody ever expected that to happen. Uh, and it was, it is disappointing for everyone. You know, you've worked for two years and then you don't get to sit the exam at the end. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to consider there's much bigger things, more important things at the moment than an exam. And actually, it's quite nice to have done the two years, learned everything. And I don't think it's a waste of time. I think just because I haven't had to sit a pressured exam at the end doesn't mean I haven't learned from the, all the stuff that I've done over the last two years. So mm -hmm. when people say it's a waste of time, I wouldn't totally agree with that with A-levels. I think it's actually quite nice not to have the pressure I suppose of an exam yeah. now. Having sat my A-levels, so, I know exactly where you're coming from on that one. And um, particularly yeah. my maths exam, I'd quite happily never have sat that one. But <laughs> uh, that isn't the end of things. I mean, there's obviously uh, the, the fact you've got applications into the university as well. And, and we're still in a bit of an unknown time when it comes to that too. Yes, I mean, who knows whether we'll end up at university in September, next year, online wherever i'm hoping to go to the university of exeter to study drama mm -hmm. fingers crossed but if that doesn't happen this year there's plenty of stuff i can be doing in a gap year to uh, fill my time i won't be short of things to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, i know so you, you keep particularly busy and and the, the world of drama is something that uh, you are particularly passionate about and we're going to hear you sing uh, in a short while's time but uh, you know, what's, what other preparations are you making for what could come next? Because it's your usual outlet of having a chance to do some Andram stuff. That's not there either at the moment, is it? No. Um, I was the associate um, assistant choreographer for West Brom Youth Theatre's um, production of Fame, mm -hmm. which was meant to be in June, but obviously it's been now postponed till November, hopefully, the 11th or 14th, but we don't know still whether that will go ahead. Um, they were a really, really talented cast. I was really enjoying choreographing for them, and I really hope for them that they get to perform the show sometime, because uh, the show was looking brilliant, and yeah, they were all so, so good. So I really do hope that that gets to go ahead and we get to continue with that, because that was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and also South Staffs, they are donating to, I think it's the Food Bank in Wolverhampton. Uh -huh. They're raising money at the moment to do songs. I think if anyone saw it on Facebook, uh, Natasha Ince and Abby Ray did a lovely rendition of Nightingale Sang in Berkeley Square 
and next week you will actually have the joy of listening to me singing <laughs> or not um, again so I'll be doing next Friday's song so that's something to look forward to on the virtual world of Amdram that we've now had so that's I, to be honest, I am busier than ever <laughs> with all these virtual online things because um, recently I was did um, the Rotary Young Musician of the Year competition mm -hmm. and I'd actually just reached the national final um, which was going to be at the NEC in Birmingham which obviously got cancelled yeah. for the safety of everybody involved. But they, Rotary, are organising a virtual online concert which is going to be streamed on YouTube sometime at the end of May with all the finalists from all across the country, which I'm going to be recording soon, which should be very fun. So, yes, there's going to be lots of people who have really utilised the online platforms that we've got at the moment, and I'm so glad we have so we can continue with online and dram and virtual rehearsals and all sorts of things yeah it is keeping everybody going just at the moment isn't it and i think without, yes. without the, the likes of zoom meetings facebook messenger and you know all the chats we have on whatsapp i think we'd really yes. be struggling just at the moment yeah zoom has been a, a lifesaver i've been doing pub quizzes i've been doing more stuff honestly a social calendar is probably better than it would have been if we'd have been out of lockdown to be honest so <laughs> it's been uh, really good to keep in contact we've been doing a weekly quiz with my friends which has been really nice and uh yeah keeping in contact with people it's just it isn't so nice that we've got that there to use absolutely and it does make it easier to go from one social event to another there is no travel time you just click a couple no. of buttons and if exactly. you you can have a different look each meeting just keep it yeah yes. just by the wardrobe complete outfit change no one need exactly. ever know it's my ideal thing, really. You don't even have to leave the house. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it works every time. Uh, I, I know you say you'll be uh, excited to get your A-level results, however that works. I mean, I tell you, do you know what you're going to, what grade you're going to get? Yeah, how will it actually come out? <laughs> well, that's a tricky one. Um, obviously, results day is now staying at the 13th of August, so I won't know anything until the 13th of August. And they're doing um, listings bearing in mind the class so you'll be ranked where you come in the class so out of 20 people you could be number one you could be number 20 of how you do normally mm -hmm. and then they'll give you sort of a center recommended grade so they'll look at the work you've done over the last two years and say oh this person deserves that grade and then that will get sent off to the exam board and that's how we will be um judged really so we do have the option to sit the exams next year i'm hoping i don't have to but mm -hmm. if it comes to that it comes to that you never you never know you might do it just for fun yeah, uh, mm, I'm not sure <laughs> I do an A-level for fun, but you never know. <laughs> good, good um, Well, I mean, good, good luck with the results. Uh, fingers crossed yes. for you, and hope all that goes well. Uh, meanwhile, though, you have recorded a song for us. What are we going to hear, and yes. why did you choose this track? Um, I have decided to sing You'll Never Walk Alone. Obviously, I think it, the lyrics are really fitting for this time. And Michael Ball had it at number one last week. And I haven't really heard many people particularly sing it, but I think it's a lovely song and I think it really keeps people positive and going through all these times. And I've been singing it every week for the NHS on a Thursday night. Well, that's so, the way to do it. Yeah. Fiona, lovely to speak to you. Say good luck with the A-level Thing and get into Thank university you. and and the rest. Thank we look forward you. to seeing you uh, on stage in the near future. Meanwhile, we'll hear you soon. But thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah.
Chris Congreve is known for his close-up magic as well as producing tricks in his own right, which then going to be sold to many other fellow magicians. He joins me now for a bit of a chat about his world. Hello, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. I trust uh, everything is more or less going to plan, apart from the lack of close-up magic at the moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. Everything's cancelled, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing going on at all. Um, everybody's party, it's, it's getting in towards wedding time now, so... All the weddings that are booked in, you know, the poor brides are having to contact me and saying, like, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to postpone. And it's quite stressful for them, you know, so you just, it's a shame, but what can you do? Mm -hmm. you that, these, these things happen, unfortunately, in the world we live in at the moment. But it, it doesn't stop you sitting there and, and continue to be creative, because you do like to no. come up with some fantastic ideas, don't you? Um, I try my best, yeah. I, I am working on a few things at the moment. Um, Unfortunately, the, 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 for me anyway, the way I normally road test them is obviously um, I'll, I'll go and show, show friends, um, uh, you know, I might pop to the local pub and sort of do it before I'll do it in a paid show. Mm -hmm. um, so I won't release anything until I've performed it in front of, do you know what I mean, in front of a paying audience and I yeah. know that it works, works well. So um, unfortunately, everything that I've got at the minute is just... Um, yeah, it's just the, the dog's sick of seeing it, quite honestly. And, 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 and the kids have probably had enough as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when it comes down to trying to set up a, a new trick, obviously we, we can't give spoilers away, but we how does it start as a, a sort of germ of an idea in your mind? Um, that's a great question. Some, it, it varies, really. Sometimes I might see something that somebody else has um, created and it'll give me a germ of an idea to go off and do something complete, you know, with that and take it a stage further or add to it and stuff. Um, as an old saying, you know, you sort of stand on the shoulder of giants, and it's mm -hmm. the same in the magic world, really. There's lots of people, you know, it's been around for a long time, and there's a lot of great magicians out there who have published works, you know, long before we were even thought of. Um, so, so, you know, you, um, so that's one way of doing it. Um, another, another way is um, I might, I'll have an idea, so, for example, the last thing that I've created that's a finished thing and it should come out once all this is over, um, I had an idea for an effect, but I couldn't think of a method. I had to, do you know what I mean? So I had the effect first, mm -hmm. um, and then I had to try and work a method out that, that was, uh, it's a really weird thing to describe, really. But, yeah, I knew what I wanted to do, but I had to find a way to do it, um, and that was the fun bit, really. So, yeah, it, it could be one or two, yeah. And so sometimes you might have an idea that's been, well, I've had I've had an idea, a germ of an idea rolling around for forever, and then all of a sudden you just bang, you have a light bulb, you know. You're not even thinking about that, it just pops, it's weird, it's a strange one. Um, but, yeah, uh, what was I going to say to you? And sometimes, and you, you'll know this yourself, your best ideas come just as you're falling off to sleep. Oh, yeah, and then you've got to try and find a way of writing it down without waking yourself yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, because the next day, yeah, the next day you've forgotten. Don't <laughs> write it down. <laughs> yeah, the number of times I have messenger conversations, like just I'm just better. Ah, no, I can do that this week, and yeah, it, it goes mad, doesn't it? And, and then you wide awake, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. messes yeah. up absolutely everything. Uh, so I mean, you you work though with uh, with playing cards, and there are lots of different varieties of playing cards out there as well. So I mean, that that is again something that you you use as as part of the act is is coming up with something a bit different. And you even have things manufactured when it comes to uh, putting your, your product together. So it's not just taken with a, you know, these all look the same, they're a standard off the shelf thing. You're actually having things created which, uh, which make it work. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you get stuff, I've had stuff made, manufactured in the past. Um, I released um, a, a, something a few years ago um, and it was, um, it was with a cigarette lighter. 
and uh, I wanted to get something um, something special done with these cigarette lighters. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and of all places, I got it done um, in Kidderminster. Yeah. Fact, it was a... It was some railway model engineers could, uh, you know, because they were used to working with really small things. Um, they, they got this done for me. So you have to be quite creative sometimes. You know, you want something, and it's because it's something nobody's ever seen, and you only you only ever want a very small run of it done as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be quite difficult. And it, you know, where where we live, you would think there's a lot of manufacturing and stuff, but it's really difficult to try and get out. I wanted to do some leather work doing, you know, and you think living near Warsaw, it'd be easy to find. <laughs> Nah, not like, you know, it's a different I world now. Find anything, <laughs> now they're all made in, um, in Hong Kong and stuff now. But I mean, this does mean that you can have taken some of these skills yourself. Have you not tan- you know, to get to get a tantalising outfit outside the back of the uh, the house and, and and start doing the the full leather work yourself? No, mate. You'll no, stick with no. the mind creative stuff rather than the physical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean, if people are in the world of magic, they sort of know where to get these from things from, don't they? So you know, your your name is out there, and uh, so any any magicians watching will already probably be in some way aware of what a lot of what you release. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I've I've lectured at most of the magic societies around the country. Um, I managed to do. Um, I was lecturing up in Darlington just before the lockdown started, which was. Um, the third time I've been there, so mm-hmm. that was nice to be asked back. You know, three times. It's only I was the first magician actually ever to be invited back three times to Darlington Magic Circle, so that was a really proud thing. That was nice. Um, and I should have been lecturing at um, Coventry Magic Circle, but obviously the uh, the lockdown kicked in and um, sport it. And and it was this time last year actually I was lecturing over in Belfast at a convention over there, which was absolutely wonderful. And they got me to compare their gala show as well, which is something that um, you you know that I enjoy doing because I've done uh, a couple of things for you in the past, you know. Uh-huh. So, um, so it's, yeah, the world of magic, it's quite, um, it, 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 it can be just this small thing where people order stuff and it comes and, and stuff, but it, there's a whole wider world out there, you know what I mean? There's conventions going on and the biggest magic convention in the world in this country in Blackpool in February. Um, it's something like four or five thousand magicians mm-hmm. um, come from all around the world, you know. So, um, and yeah, but like I said, I have lectured for a lot of them there, so it's nice, it's good. Where do people go to, to find your work if they are allowed to be in the know? Um, it's, you can just put, if you type my name into Google, you'll find all the shops that sell stuff. Um, I've had, a, as you know, I had a book published a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 40, I think, 40 routines of mine in there. Um, as well as some photographs and a few uh, amusing stories, that's things that happen because it doesn't all go to plan, Jason, as, <laughs> as, as you know. So there are, it can be quite. Um, there's some good stories. I, I, would you like me to share one of the funny stories? We will allow you to share a funny story. Yeah, I'm um, go with that. So, so many years ago, um, I was performing at Frankie and Ben's restaurant in in the Merrill Centre. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was there every Thursday night for for, for several months. Um, maybe even a year or so. Anyway, the one, this one particular night, there was a large table there, um, and they'd really enjoyed what I'd done. I'd done my regular set with a lot of card tricks and ropes and all this kind of thing. Um, and I had, it's like a miniature illusion in my pocket, which, um, you know the head guillotine that you see on stage where mm-hmm. you put your head in and the, the blade comes down and, it, and obviously the person's all right at the end. Yeah. yeah hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> so I, I had a miniature version of that in my pocket. And they put their finger in, and you bring down the blade in everything. And you put a, you can put a lock, a little bit of carrot underneath. You've got chop the carrot in half, and the fingers unharmed. Brilliant. So I hadn't used this before. I've got it in my pocket because I've gone down really well at this table. I thought, right, I'll give it a go. 
and I, I paused it out and I said, right, I need a volunteer for this. And I went to this guy and he says, right, you sir. And the whole table just started laughing. I thought, well, what's going on here? <laughs> and he brought his hands up from the table and he got about half, uh, one and a half fingers left. He'd lost all the rest of it in an industrial accident. Oh dear. I hadn't noticed. I was like, oh no. And he was a brilliant sport about it. Yeah. And uh, but whenever I perform that in the future, I always counted the fingers before I started. <laughs> yeah. And afterwards as well, I trust too. But... And afterwards, obviously, yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, Chris, give us the details of your website so people can see your work online. Uh, website is chriscongreve.co.uk. Um, it's quite old now, to be honest, Jason, and uh, I look slightly different on there, so you probably wouldn't recognise me, to be quite honest. Um, uh, a new one will be coming later this year, hopefully, and once I can get some photographs of me out performing again, mm -hmm. so once the gigs kick up. Um, it'll still be the same domain name, which is chrisconreve.co.uk. And it's got the contact details on there, should you want an absolutely top-class magician as you are. Chris, always good to catch up with you. Thanks for the Beautiful. chat, and we'll see you soon. All right, then. Take care. Bye. James Collins can often be seen on stage with the Fizzogs as well as 101 other projects and he joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello. Hello Jason, how are you? I'm very well, I trust we find you well. I'm okay, thank you. That's yes, good. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, you've come as you. I wasn't sure who you were going to be when we were having a chat because uh, you are appearing online as one of your characters at the moment. Yeah, uh, I, I did. It's Bradley Pitt, his name is. Um, I did him about five years ago. Did a, I did him as a, a stand-up act with Fizzog, mm -hmm. and then I did a radio show on Black Country Radio as him, mm -hmm. and um, and then I kind of didn't have anything to do with him for a bit. I did some videos that I put on YouTube ages ago and on Facebook about five, four or five years ago, and then I just thought I'll re-show them as a bit of a something for people to like watch while they're stuck at home and stuff. Yeah, and then from that, people asked me to join. Well, appear on these on these like lockdown nights things that people are doing black country lockdown mm. open mic things so and uh, this gives you a bit of an outlet and it, it keeps you uh, amused and entertained i'm sure because you're normally rather busy working in the world of theater aren't you uh yeah usually obviously yeah, usually working at the grand um not been there for a while which is a shame and missing the, the theater like mad and mm. missing obviously everybody like mad uh it's a bit of an uncertain time for us really so we don't quite know obviously no one knows in the kind of theatre world when we'll be back so we just have to wait and see just following the uh, government guidelines I suppose yeah so it's not an easy time for that but I mean there's you and there's the rest of the creatives doing stuff and have you been on zoom calls with the fizzogs because I I think I've seen the grannies having a go at doing a bit of zoom time yes yeah they're still they're still online they're still doing things I think keeping people entertained um, we've, we've actually got some shows planned, which have actually been rescheduled. Dancing Granny's show, I think we, we were due to have one at the Mount Hotel, mm -hmm. uh, an evening with Granny's, and I was going to be in that. Uh, I think we did one about three months ago, which went down well. And some other shows that we've done at the Mount recently um, that, that we were supposed to be doing again, but obviously... We can't at the minute, but yeah. And when it comes to the work you do with the Fizzogs, I know that they write an awful lot of stuff, but do you get to your own creative role in writing the bits and pieces that you're involved in? It's a strange, really. I mean, I've got a character called uh, Little Willy, and I created him, and then he's in all the uh, like Black Country Victorian stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. um, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, still here. Uh, 
and then with the sketch shows, they, they write it, all the three girls, Sue, Deb and Jack, they write all of that. But then in rehearsals, I'll add bits and bobs to it. So, uh, I mean, it's mainly, obviously, their, their body of work, but I'll, I'll bring, like, my little kind of ideas to it once we're in rehearsals. And then with the, with the Bradley Pitt, that was probably the only time um, I've actually written a whole sketch myself. I think, actually, one of the Dancing Grannies sketches, which we did, which the first sketch we did in, um, in a show we did at the Grand called Fifty Shades of Fizzog. Yeah. I wrote that, but they, well, I wrote it, and they kind of, they tweaked it uh, a, a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, there's there's little bits and bobs in in there that they that that that's mine, but uh, obviously mostly because the fizzogs belong to Sue Jack and Jack and Deb, so it's it's all their work and yeah. really good, well, very funny. Yeah, you're pretty much an honorary fizzog, though, aren't you? The amount of time you spend on the road with them. Yeah, I've been with them for about ten years now. Mm -hmm. So I knew them from college. Uh, I was doing a BTEC performing arts course in HND. And then I went off to um, London for about five or six years and then came back and they'd already formed Fizzog, but they were mostly doing TIE work and they hadn't done their sketch shows at that point. But they were working at the Black Country Museum as Victorian characters. So they got me into, into that as Little Willie. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they started doing their sketch shows then and their, um, their more kind of longer versions of their pantomimes that they do as well. Which so, I mean, often that involves you too. Yeah, so the uh, the, the pantomimes uh, are always, I'm always involved in that. The pantomimes, they started off as half an hour pantos at the Black Country Museum, and then they kind of evolved into these an hour and a half shows that we actually take on tour. Mm -hmm. So I'm always those uh, little, basically what they are is they're, they're a little bit like um, the play that goes wrong. Mm. However, I mean, we started these about 10 years ago before, I don't know, even before Play That Goes Wrong even existed, probably, or maybe we hadn't heard of it at least. And it's just our Victorian characters putting on, trying to put on a pantomime or a show, and obviously things go wrong. And my character, Little Willie, so hasn't got a clue what's happening, doesn't know his lines. Um, Typecasting. Doesn't even know what show he's in. <laughs> <laughs> so where can we go to see uh, Bradley and all the other bits and pieces that you're getting up to at the moment? I mean, on my Facebook page, I suppose. I'm sharing stuff on there. Um, but on the uh, Black Country Lockdown page, I'll put stuff on there as well, which will be the, the most kind of social place that you can go and have a look. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I perform those on Fridays, but also I'm, I'm just putting things up as well from time to time so you can find those. That's Bradley Pitt, and that's actually Bradley Pitt's own. I'm sharing that from, well, Bradley Pitt's sharing that from his page. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of good stuff on there as well. There's lots of people who who probably wouldn't normally do anything in public, wouldn't play any instruments, wouldn't sing. But I think they're finding the confidence now on, on this page to actually have a go because no one's on there to take the mic. No one puts anyone down. People can, Anyone can pick up an instrument, sing a song, go on there, tell a few jokes. Yeah. You know, it's a nice, safe place to be able to have a go and experiment, really. Yeah, well... A bit of fun on there. So you're looking for the, the Black Country Lockdown open mic page and uh, see what's happening there. And, of course, Bradley's page too. Uh, for now, though, James Collins, keep up the good work. Look forward to seeing you back at the Grand soon and uh, have a safe time in lockdown. OK, thank you very much. See you later. Somebody who spends a lot of his time promoting other people's music as well as writing and producing his own is Michael Armstrong, who joins me now for a chat. Hello. 
Hi, Jason. How you doing? I'm all right. Are you keeping out of trouble? I'm, keep, I'm managing to keep out of trouble, I think, yeah. I mean, lockdown like the rest of us and, and keeping quite busy, actually. Well, yeah, absolutely, because music is still being released and you've recently been working with a number of artists who are either recording in isolation or have got stuff in the can uh, which has come out over the last uh, few uh, few weeks and months' worth of work. So, I mean, what's it what's it like in the industry at the moment? Is it still feeling quite buoyant? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I guess I guess we're lucky. I mean, certainly there's there's obviously because of the tours that have been cancelled, and um, a lot of major <coughs> a lot of major artists have postponed their album releases. There's definitely less work out there, mm -hmm. but um, at the same time, I think that. TV and radio, the listenership and the viewership has gone gone through the roof because we're all at home. Yeah, and those mediums are perhaps more important than than ever, and they still need content. So you know, aside from being a, as you're talking about here, as my my other job as a as a as a promoter, as a radio uh, artist promoter, we're managing to keep fairly busy doing that there's a lot of work out there there's a lot of charity singles of mm -hmm. course yep uh, as we've all come across but um yeah managing to keep busy doing that and at the same time you know, I've, i have a studio at home so i'm lucky so i've been working on my own next album so yeah, I'm, I'm actually probably busier than ever. Yeah, I mean, the, your work is absolutely fantastic. Love every minute of it. I mean, we've got two official albums out there at the moment, haven't we? Two official albums, yeah. The next one will be there this time next year. I'm about 75, 80% of the way through it, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have to... It's probably um, not politically right to say so, but I, I actually quite enjoy lockdown. Apart from homeschooling, homeschooling is difficult for little one. Um, I've got my two elder ones are okay, but the little thirteen-year-old doesn't doesn't like school, so it's it's a battle every day trying to do that. Yeah. Um, but once once he's up and running, I'm I'm okay to lock myself away in my studio. And I'm a bit of a hermit anyway. I spend most of my time there, uh, even in non-coronavirus uh, days. So you know, I kind of and I like the I kind of like the serenity of it all when you go outside. For your exercise and the cars, there's no one, no cars there, and people are much friendlier. Everyone says hello to you. Yeah, that's which is always yeah. good, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, musically, then, where are you at at the moment? Because with the two albums we've heard so far, you've very much got your own sound, and uh, certainly uh, enjoyable to listen to, and uh, you know, absolute quality recordings as well. So, what's happening for album three? This is a bit different, and it's still very me. In fact, it's more me than any of the others, because I'm actually I decided to produce this one myself. Mm -hmm. The last two albums I've had producers on, and I love them both to bits. They've done incredible jobs, and I, and I couldn't have done those albums without them. And I couldn't have done the album I'm doing now having not done those albums with those guys. They taught me an awful lot. And so what that really means <clears throat> is that I've always got lots and lots of songs, and so in the past I've given you know, maybe a hundred songs to producers and said, which ones should we record for this album, <laughs> literally? And they have their own choices. <clears throat> and so this time I've chosen 12 songs, um, which I really wanted to record. Some of them go back 25 years. Some of them I wrote, you know, a couple of months ago. And so it's very me. Um, the other albums haven't had me on the, on the, on the, on the sleeve, but I think this one will, because I feel this is very, a very honest album. And uh, I'm really, really excited about it. I've got, you know, while we're in isolation, I've had a few guys had some musicians that I know, Ed Barker, who's played saxophone on both albums. He did some sax for me over the, uh, just a couple of days ago and sent mm -hmm. his saxophones across on one particular track. And 
it just sounds amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Oh, I mean, and rightly so, based on what we've heard in the past. And uh, this okay. is something which uh, I know you've enjoyed touring with as well. And uh, obviously that's taken away from us at the moment. But hopefully by the time this third album's out, you'll be able to get out on the road and, and share the songs and talk to the audiences as well and talk them through the songs. Because clearly, I mean, this is something that's very personal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love doing that. Obviously, everyone's in lockdown at the moment. I mean, what I do think is I think that when this is finally over, there's going to be an, there's going to be an awful lot of touring artists and a lot of new music, you know, mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, people, you know, if you're a musician or you're an artist or you're just creative in any way, what are you going to do during these lockdowns time? You're, you're going to write, you're going to record, you're going to, you know, write poems, you're going to paint, I don't know, you're going to write movies, you know, so I think there's a whole creative storm coming once this is all over and, and that will be that will be great for everyone and, and that includes me as i'm saying mm -hmm. so where can we go to to hear what you've already got in the can from the the last two albums and the singles and eps that go alongside it our best place to go is the website which is uh, michaelarmstrongmusic.co.uk and you can find all the links to everything there and all sorts of all sorts of goodies. <laughs> and I think it's through the passion for your own music that helps you promote others as well, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I understand music. You know, that's that's pretty much all I do understand, to be honest. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I I have a passion for all sorts of music, and you know, I get excited when I get a you know an album or something come across my desk or. You know, a particular hero of mine. I've worked with many of my heroes, and so that that's um, that's a real bonus. It's also incredibly frustrating because um, radio and TV is so restricted these days, particularly national radio and TV. Um, that there's a lot of great music not being heard mm -hmm. um, for perhaps our generation. You know, it's always aimed at a younger audience, which music always has been. That's always been the way, but. You know we're 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 still out there, us guys, and you know there's some great music which perhaps doesn't get the opportunity it deserves. So as you know, as much as I love it, it's also incredibly frustrating. Well, uh, I mean your stuff is absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to that third album. We will talk when that is ready for release, and I'm uh, very much looking forward to listening to some tracks from that. But meanwhile, though, Michael Armstrong, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> With Sustain doing the rounds at many an awards ceremony, just at the moment, all of them taking place virtually. Troy Dennison must be really pleased with the way things are looking. He joins me now for a bit of a chat. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are we doing? Surviving. Which is what counts. That's the way we like it. So, your world of movies. The fact you can't film at the moment has pretty much turned everything upside down, but you've got some great product out there which is being very well received, and it's looking good for Sustain. It is, yeah. Um, we're in several film festivals. Uh, I was chatting to Dave Hastings, the director, yesterday about this, and um, we're in for a couple of festivals now where we're up for several categories, so fingers crossed. We shall see what happens. And an absolutely fantastic film, I have to admit, even though I, was, I, I played a little tiny part in it just at the end. Uh, but uh, it was interesting to see over the years that it's gone through production and uh, when we had the cast and crew viewing it was absolutely fantastic and, and everybody there would have been appropriately critical had it have not been right but it was just right and it felt right it was great the reception to it has been absolutely solid across the board we've had some nice reviews and um, at the moment dave and i are looking into trying to get a distributor so we're pestering people mm -hmm. as we've got time on our hands you know <laughs> 
<laughs> Might as well do something productive, right? And when it comes down to you know, all the TV and film production pretty much being on hold, actually there's going to be, I think, a discovery of some great quality stuff that's not coming from the mainstream stables, which is going to be enjoyed with the lights of sustain. We ground to a halt in March. Mm-hmm. Um, literally everything suddenly went on hold. We got stuff that was scheduled to shoot. It all stopped dead. But we've also got product in the bank. We've got like short films like Willem and Snarl. We've got Sustain. And as all the big productions have ground to a halt, people are going to want product to see. So we've got something that we can get out there. It's just, come on, watch our stuff. <laughs> yeah, but obviously it is getting people to be a bit more adventurous in the, in the marketing world. Um, because um, you guys, like so many others, work without a budget. It doesn't reduce the quality of what you do. It just means you're more creative. Uh, we've seen that yeah. with what you do in the past. And I am very much looking forward to seeing Snarl. As soon as I can get a rush of that one, I'll be particularly happy. But, um, I mean, this is all uh, about the creativity. And this is something that just hasn't stopped. Because I'm sure you guys are working behind the scenes on editing things that you've got in the can already. Yeah, we've got... Um... Dave's working on uh, You Are My Sunshine at the moment, and I'm expecting the first cut of that at the back end of June. Um, we know we've got to do some bits and pieces for it, but at the moment we don't know when we can do the little bits and pieces we need. Mm-hmm. Um, Advent, which was another one of Dave's that we were working on, um, that we've put a pin in until next year. But that was going really, really well, but now we've said stop, and we'll come back to it in and I suppose one of the problems is uh, convincing your actors not to go too drastic with the uh, the lockdown hairstyles. Oh, please, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> At least I'm low maintenance, I can keep it the same. But yeah, some people just... It's a bit difficult, but nobody can go to the barbers at the moment anyway, so... Yeah, the clippers at home can make a mess of your continuity, that's all I'm saying. But um, you've got, I say, a lot going on. Sustain is the one that's that's doing the, the business there. And when do you start to expect to hear back on some of the awards? Well, fingers crossed, we should be hearing any time. Um, as with all things, there's something like 12 different festivals that we're in for at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they're all coming up. It's just a case of wait and see, wait and see. And with the the reaction to sustain, which has been understandably good, uh, I mean, you, uh, you you say you must be proud of all of that. But it, it does spur people on to to take a, a look. And if you can get a few of the small uh, independent films, actually, the a really big independent films onto uh, many more screens, it's going to be really good for a, a great community. And and this is one of those good things that could come out of the whole situation we're in at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean. There's an awful lot of talent around, both in front of and behind camera, and it's nice to be able to showcase that in a product that people really like, telling a story that people find really interesting, um, thought-provoking, heartfelt. Mm -hmm. So it's quite cool. It'll be interesting to see how you get on with the distribution. It'd be uh, rather good to uh, actually get this sort of thing out there and available to a a mass market. Absolutely. Assuming it can be done fairly cheaply as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, we had um, some success with Screaming Death. Um, we got that out on digital in uh, the US and um, Canada, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, we're still trying to uh, do things with that still four years down the line. So but it, it's nice when we can get stuff out there for people to watch and get some good feedback mm-hmm. or even some bad feedback, any feedback. We just <laughs> like people to watch our stuff. But, and, but I mean, people are enjoying it. So I, I know from Sustain that... Uh, it's a, it is a story well told, and it was a bit strange for me because I went into it because I actually got the last spoken words in the, the yeah. movie as I 
explained what had happened. So I'd already had as many spoilers as it was possible to get. <laughs> and it still uh, very much enjoyed the storytelling along the way. Uh, and I was really pleased with what you did by a bit at the end, because I was dreading hearing myself on screen. But uh, I was really pleased with that. That was good fun as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's this sort of thing that is out there. So can people get hold of this at the moment? And, uh, yeah, I know during the festivals there are certain limits on what you can share. Not yet. We're waiting to see. If we can get physical distribution, that's the go-to. Um, if not, we'll look at the digital route. Mm -hmm. So we're just waiting at the moment. It's always a waiting game. <laughs> always. It's the way it goes. Well, where can people go to find out about all the work of all the different projects that you're on? Give us a load of Facebook pages. Oh, good grief. It's all the usual suspects. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. Just do a quick Google of one of the titles, uh, Light Beam Productions, uh, Dave Hastings, Troy Dennison, Sustain, House of Screaming Death, Snarl. Pick one of them, you'll find us, we're out there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and can we see Snarl at the moment, or any bits of Snarl? Snarl is also doing festivals at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, that one was um, LJ's baby, so uh, we're waiting on her decisions as to what we do with that. But again, we've had really, really nice feedback from it, so a couple of very, very good reviews. So I've seen the trails, I want to review a copy, please. See if you can sort me that one out, that'd be fantastic. But some great stuff coming out of Light Beam Productions and very much enjoying your work. Troy, look forward to seeing you in real life and hopefully on a film set sometime in the not too distant future. Oh yes, please. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>
percussionists have the have the, have the easy jobs, you know. <laughs> uh, there's been many many jokes made about drummers over the years. Uh, I wouldn't want to kind of add to that, but um, it is it is something you can get instant results with, you know. Mm. Sort of playing musical instruments um, of a percussive nature, you know, you hit it and it makes a noise. It's pretty primal, isn't it? So uh, I think you find that um, if you go to work with a, a class of of students that are, you know, not all musicians, you know, uh, invariably you'll get you'll get a lot of the kids that don't really like music, don't really engage mm. with music, but they can still hit something and make a noise. Yeah. So so even even though drumming itself is something that requires huge talent to get it in rhythm and the skill that goes with it. At entry level, actually, it can be one step up from playing the triangle. Exactly. So it will engage everybody in the class, the musicians and the non-musicians alike. Mm -hmm. And it will even, you know, it will sort of appeal quite a lot to the sort of the more sporty focus. You tend to find that kids kids, kids go one one or two ways of arts or sports um, in, in a sort of extracurricular kind of type of uh, direction. So if the sporty kids are the ones that traditionally won't engage with music, but they love hitting stuff, you know, they love sort of that physicality. Uh, like I say, it's, it's very primal, so they, they just sort of just go crazy for that, which is great, you know. So, <laughs> so w what happens when you're putting this sort of thing together? Because you say you, you um, have got to create stuff to, to begin with for these, because you, you know, when you turn up, you've got all sorts of uh, uh, different sounds and uh, uh, out of a, a group of kids that it, it, it seems to happen like magic doesn't it sometimes in, in a workshop environment you yeah. mean mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's a, there's a sort of a set path that i will follow in a workshop so it does it all has to come together pretty quickly because that's kind of why the schools are booking you in the first place you you, you know when you learn to play a musical instrument it's, it's a discipline that takes decades yeah um so th with the workshops it's got to happen a lot more instantly so there's a lot of sort of steering that goes on um there's a lot of sort of things that i will you know sort of present to the kids in a certain way you, you just do this and this will happen and it will sound great and and you know nine times out of ten it does <laughs> and the, the the other one time out of ten, I've just got to work a lot harder to kind of achieve the result. But um, I always, I always manage it. You know, by the end of the, I don't, you know, I don't set the bar too high um, in terms of what I expect to have at the end of the day. I think it always surprises people. You know, the the, the, the staff members certainly. If I go into a school, school where they've, I've not been before, and I, I've had quite a few new schools over the last few years, and it's always great to see that sort of reaction, really from the staff as well as the, as well as the kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't believe you've you've done this in a whole, you know, in just a day or or even just half a day, because sometimes I'll have a morning group and an afternoon group, so it's it's really two hours of contact time from absolutely zero to a performance, you know. And that is so it's quite. quite Quite good. I often kind of compare it to the kind of DIY SOS type thing where you just <laughs> go in and, and blitz something, and, and then there's a there's a finished product at the end of a, a relatively short period of time. So, well, I say it's working when it's getting kids into music, getting to think about stuff, and uh, and entertaining them and their teachers and their families as well when they get to to see what you've you've done with them. Where do people go to find out more about your work then? Noe Music, N O E Music. uk is my uh, is my sort of web address for all that kind of stuff there's obviously there's there's social links as well facebook slash music workshops mm -hmm. um polyphones music 
my initial company was called Polyphones for many years, but because I do so many other things, I, I wanted a, a different name for everything. Yeah. You know, but Polyphones is the actual the, the sort of brand there of those instruments and those workshops. And are you still producing music in your own right as well? Yeah, I'm always always playing. Uh, I've done quite a lot recently. Uh, I, you know, since since lockdown started, I've done quite a lot of remote recording. Mm-hmm. For a variety of different people, uh, bits and pieces. Uh, nothing uh, that I would class as a full-time gig at the moment. Mm. Um, but I've just just before lockdown started, I recorded a, uh, I guess you'd call it hard rock album. The whole album um, did in a couple of sessions um, down at the studio. Uh, at this, uh, have you heard of Resonance? The uh, the new institute that's opening up in uh, Briley Hill. Uh-huh. Oh, right, yeah. Went and recorded in, in the studio there mm-hmm. uh, for this album. Um, and like I say, I've got a few remote projects on the go as well, so I'm sort of re- recording from home. Um, and I obviously can't visit studios. Mm-hmm. So uh, to find out more, uh, Know Your Music is what we're looking for, and you'll kind of share links to all your different projects there. Well, Dan Clark, always good to catch up with you. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to hearing and seeing more of your work in the future. Thank you. You too. See you soon. Don Chester Cruz has been doing brilliant work with his latest album, and he joins me on the line now to tell me what's going on in his world. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Absolutely fantastic to see you. I hope we keep him well. Oh, boy. We are in lockdown, man. We are in lockdown. <laughs> so, I mean, we last spoke a few weeks ago uh, with your song promoting hand washing. That still has to keep going. So we have a musical number to help us with that. But what else is going on with you musically at the moment? Oh, at the, mu- at, at the time now, we've just released uh, a new video for um, Track 10, it ain't over on the album, and we've just released that, and people are really enjoying that. And uh, in fact, we, we we shot that video just a, a month before all this pandemic thing broke out. Uh-huh. Uh We were I went to over in Cape Cape Verde, and the sun was really hot, and really nice weather. So we just released that that video, so people in lockdown can just imagine that they're on holiday and stuff. So. We get lots of response on that at the moment, saying, oh, it's just lovely just the scenery like that yeah. on the lockdown. So, yeah, so we've just released that from and, the album. And Cape Verde is such an absolutely fantastic place as well, isn't it? You must have had a great time out there. Beautiful, beautiful location. You know, lovely um, beaches and nice weather, um, sunshine. It was beautiful. It was just the perfect environment to, to shoot a video like that and... Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy, crazy out in the open, you know, um, doing nothing to my music. People say, what's that guy doing? Is he mad? You know, but the end product is, came out really nice, yeah. Absolutely. It's great. Well, I mean, a great album as well, and I know that's been well received from when we got together at the uh, the big launch event uh, last year. That was absolutely brilliant. And of course, it's two years now since you did Britain's Got Talent, and uh, brought you to the masses because of course well, yeah, we've known of your work and your performances around the Midlands for ages but uh, you know it, it's been a, a really roller coaster of two years hasn't it it certainly has and, and um, you know uh, getting this platform 
has really opened my eyes to the, 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 the possibilities of reaching, you know, absolutely millions of people around the world. And they appreciate my music so much. And it's just an added bonus and a beautiful feeling just to hear um, it coming back at me saying, you know what, I've listened to your songs and the joy that they bring me. And some people say, oh, this is just perfect for um, quarantine. I'm under quarantine and I'm bored. And then, you know, you saved me from depression. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually... Um, you know, so so regenerated from your music, listening to your music. So it's, that's really wonderful to get those type of feedbacks. And, uh, you know, I, I try to answer messages and, you know, some of them I just have to click the heart on YouTube and say thank you very much but because of the volume of, of messages. But it's great. It, it, it's, it's lovely. And um, talking about lockdown next Friday... Next Friday, I'm doing part two. I don't know if you, did, you catch my part one of lockdown. Did you see any of that? I've seen some bits of it, and I, it is still available to watch online, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. It is available on YouTube and Facebook. But I enjoy that one so much. And uh, it was mixed, mixed blessing, really, because I left it that long before um, other people were, like, going on singing and me personally, I couldn't sort of find the will to do it, but because of the media, and you know, you know what was happening, and it was coming to you in a in a kind of an unreal way mm -hmm. that in day and age, people could be dying like that. Yeah. You know, so so it really got to me. But after a while, I really had to build up some kind of next courage to just do what I do and go online and just start singing and you know what people really enjoyed it so next next Friday at 7 o'clock I'm going to be doing my part 2 and I've had people now requesting what songs they want to hear from the album Yeah. so um, I, I will go with the majority at the end of the day and um, sing a few songs from that so yeah we, we've got that going on for next week it's all about promoting the album and we've got like the website where People may not know, but we've got like merch in there. We got T-shirts, hats, and all sorts in there. You know that people can sort of um, buy from the website. So Apart from that, we've got hopefully. I don't know when we're gonna get out of lockdown. <laughs> Do you know when it's gonna happen? Any ideas? Oh no! Well, we we just gotta wait and see, haven't we? Still at the moment, even with the. Uh... The changes that have come over the weekend but uh, yeah it is a case of uh, yeah, holding uh, a fire waiting to see what happens but mostly sitting back and listening to your music well this is the thing this is the thing and um we've got a date booked down in november so for people who are listening you know you can put november the 20th in your diary that's where we're part two of the robin robin two aha uh -huh, so you move back there doing uh, more uh, particularly working with the album, and it wouldn't surprise me if you snuck a few extra things in there as well, knowing you. Absolutely, uh, we're gonna have uh, 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 you know another supporting act with me. We haven't decided who that's gonna be yet. Mm -hmm. But twentieth of November is the next one. Hopefully, we'll be out of lockdown by then, and hopefully, come back to some kind of normality if that ever happens again. But that's for the future. There, mm -hmm. uh, we are hoping for that. But yeah, it's just um. You know, I know we've been in lockdown now for some time and some people are really getting anxious. And I had a, I had a lady on Facebook saying, I've been in lockdown, I've not seen my grandson 
that's born under lockdown. I've not been able to see my grandson. Uh, but, you know, sacrifices just to stay alive is, is something else. You know, we have to just sacrifice a lot for this. Yeah. As we come out of the, the other side of it alive and we can see all our, our loved ones again. Ah, it's it's that time, isn't it, Jason? You can't believe no, all this, but yes. So I'm listening to the music, and I'm I'm here, and I'm I'm writing a, a, again, you know, and um, just getting things ready for the second album and stuff. So yes, it's our go. It's it's our go. Lots of things going. Where do we go to to see your next uh, lockdown event on Friday? Okay, so we we gonna we gonna do a live from Facebook. Mm-hmm. So uh, people will not. Um, we got the fan book page on Facebook, so just log on Donches Dakers, and we seven o'clock. We should be on there live, or just head over to our our website at donchesdakers.co.uk. Uh, Dakers D A C R E S. Check out the details. Take it from there. We're doing a a live thing as well on YouTube. Uh-huh. So that's going global. So we got, we got some guys from Australia, New Zealand. And we're looking forward to this, Mike. We're looking forward to this. Oh, absolutely fantastic. So we're looking forward to that. Okay, yeah. well, we will continue to look forward to it. We'll enjoy the event on Friday. Uh, but for now, Don Chase, thank you for joining us. Oh, bless you, Jason. And to everybody out there, stay safe, be good. Don Chase. LGBT plus Sparkle are bringing the community together through weekly Zoom meetings. To tell us more, I'm joined by Marcus Cottrell and Paul Ryder. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi. First of all, uh, Paul, tell me a bit about uh, how you brought this together on Zoom. I had um, Shaz from Transforming Communities Together. Um, she helped me set up this um, Zoom chat for our LGBT plus Sparkle mm-hmm. because I'm not very technical. But um, thanks to her, she made it successful and she's actually done a blog on our social group as well. And Marcus, I mean, it must be great uh, meeting everybody virtually and still being able to continue the sort of conversations you've been having in real life. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. It's connecting us all back together again. Mm -hmm. And what do we expect each week? Because, Paul, I know you've been arranging guests. Yes, we had Health Watch. Um, They've been giving a lot of useful information out to the community, obviously, because we can't meet in person now. We're trying to get Healthy Minds. Oh, Compton Hospice was the last one last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they come out, they come online and giving out useful information to the community as well. So I'm trying to get different organisations every week if I can. Um, Marcus, I know that uh, normally you'd be uh, baking for these meetings. Are you still doing the food, but just keeping it within the uh, the four walls at the minute? <laughs> I can't give it out to them. No, <laughs> you can't post biscuits, unfortunately. But you can enjoy a custard cream whilst the meeting's going on. Everyone can bring their oh. own snacks. And uh, yeah. it, it'll be great when you can get back together and uh, continue uh, what you've been setting up over the last few months. But, uh, uh, I mean, Marcus, are you still getting a great response when you are getting you know, these people together on Zoom? Yeah, we're getting a really good response, yeah. And Paul, I mean, what do you uh, see uh, over the next few weeks coming? Because I know you've got a lot of people you're trying to talk to. I just take it day by day from week to week and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, um, because obviously a lot of people are doing a lot of hard work in the community now, even more now with this COVID-19. So it's very hard to get hold of some organisations. But like I said, the ones that I can get hold of, 
And we've had um, Andrew, he's from the DWP as well, I forgot to mention. Mm -hmm. He's been very useful. He's a disability advisor and he's been giving a lot of useful information out to the community. And I've been connecting with them with people. And even a lady from um, Equalities, she wanted to connect with him. So it's going really well. Well, I mean, continue good luck with that one. And also, I have to mention that uh, you, like many others, I mean, I already had the lockdown haircut before lockdown, but uh, you two are now uh, rocking the clippered look too. And uh, this has all been done to raise funds for charity, hasn't it? We thought, well, because I'm normally I'd have my hair cut, but obviously because of the lockdown and everything, I thought, well, if I'm going to shave my head off, I thought, well, I'll do it for a good cause. So we did it for um, Macmillan Cancer Trust. Mm -hmm. And Marcus, how much have you raised so far? I think it's 48 so you've got to a target of £100 that you're working towards. Uh, so people can find you on Just Giving to make a donation? On GoFundMe, Macmillan, Cancer Trust, and then you just put in Paul and Marcus Head Shave. So you can go along there, check out all the details and make a donation and get you towards your target. But also you'll have all the details on the LGBTQ plus Sparkle webpage as well, won't you, on Facebook? Yeah. And uh, so we just search for that on there and you can get full details of each weekly meeting? Yeah, connected to my Facebook page, Paul Ryder, yeah. So you'll be able to get all of that on there. Well, thanks for having a chat with us both. Great to catch up with you and uh, enjoying the new hairstyles. They're really suiting you. Cheers, boys. See you soon. <laughs> yes. and it's lovely talking to you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Take care and stay safe. that's all for this week thank you so much for joining us back with episode 569 next week i'll see you then ta for now goodbye from the milk bar 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 yeah goodbye from the milk bar yeah